that's why it's really, really important to look at what are we thinking around the areas where we're out of balance. So we can start reframing those thinking, start living in the moment, know what our values are, make decisions in line with our values. Be kind to ourselves, practice ho'oponopono when, you know, things come up and, you know, give ourselves a second chance and work through the issues that perhaps we are sweeping under the carpet. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience, a first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Nurse with Elena Mullery. Today, I am joined by Tracy Kelly. Tracy is a counsellor and hypnotherapist who helps sensitive, nurturing ambiverts, who are a combination of extrovert and introvert personalities, to gain understanding and clarity of who they are and to stand in their strength and power. She helps them to create a transformation from the inside out. Welcome, Tracy. Welcome. Thank you, Elena. It's good to be on your podcast. So thanks for inviting me and um, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for jumping on. You're welcome. As you know, I am all about promoting self-care to nurses. What is an important non-negotiable in your self-care? The most important non-negotiable in my self-care is having strong boundaries and sticking to those boundaries. That way I'm taking care of my emotional um, health, which is then impacting positively on my physical and um, mental health. So that's really a non-negotiable, sticking to my boundaries and also teaching my kids to have strong boundaries as well. So boundaries in what respect? With relationships or your values? or um, With with my relationships, my values, with um, with my kids, just in general, just having strong boundaries in terms of my having having strong boundaries in line with my values, and I find that's just really important and very important to my self care. Yeah, definitely. Knowing where that line is and not allowing others to cross it is definitely a huge part of your self care. 
Exactly. Otherwise, we can then become a doormat to other people and nobody likes to be used and abused and walked over. So if we have strong, strong, if we know what our values are and have strong boundaries around those values, then we can keep ourselves safe from the harm of other people that perhaps might not be so respectful towards our boundaries. Awesome. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Um, I created a model of self-care that breaks self-care down into five aspects. Mm-hmm. These are the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgent parts of ourself. What is your idea of indulgent self-care? Uh, my indulgent self-care is taking a bit of time out each day and I like to do that having a cup of coffee. So I like to just sit down with my coffee, um, look at the ocean and contemplate what I am prepared to get done in my day and focus on achieving those intentions that I've set for the day. So that's really my most um, indulgent thing is just to sit down with my coffee after the kids have got to school, have a bit of peace and quiet, set my intentions for the day around what I want to achieve and then um, just enjoy looking at the view and getting on with it. Yeah, those micro moments, I call them, when we just do take five minutes to ourselves are very important. And it can make all the difference to how your day goes as well. I think so because we can be so rushed in the mornings when we get going and if the kids are a bit out of sorts, we can find that we tend to get out of sorts with all of that as well and then just coming home and having that five minutes break, for me anyway, that's how I like it. I like to come home, just clear my head from the morning school run, get my coffee happening, sit down, um, overlook the ocean and just sort of like um, decompress from all that morning frazzle and then focus on what I need to get done in terms of work and what I need to do to keep my family on the move and, you know, just take that time to connect with nature. So for me, it's looking at the ocean and um, just enjoying my coffee and that, and just that five minute space to really chill out before I get going for the rest of the day. Cause then it's nonstop till bedtime. Yeah. And the ocean is so grounding and so calming as well, isn't it? Just oh. I just love sitting. The ocean really is my, I feel like I'm at home when I've got the ocean around me. So it's a very, I find it very calming and, and peaceful. Yeah, I recently moved. I used to live right on the ocean and I moved about six months ago. And I do miss that lying in bed at night and listening to the waves crash on the beach. It, it, there's something really soothing about it. Oh, absolutely. I just love that myself too. So, And, and every day is a different day. There's always something new to see out there, whether it be the direction of the waves or the calmness of the water. And like the other day I watched this pelican floating along with some kids walking by and, you know, this this particular bird's there regularly and it, and it will just float along as you're walking along with it. It's really amazing. So there's always something to see out there. That's what I love. It's just a changing view every day. Yeah, it's awesome. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I encourage nurses to be the best versions of themselves because if they're turning up as the best versions of themselves, they're offering the patients the best care possible. Who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself? My kids, they inspire me to be the best version of myself. Um, they, they will copy what I do. 
So if I'm stepping up and being the best version of me, then they're going to see what is, they're going to see me walking my talk. And I think the best thing that we can be in terms of our parenting is to be the role model that we're teaching our kids. The things that we want to teach our kids, if we're not practising what we preach and we're not, they're not seeing us do what we say we're going to do, then how are we the best version of ourselves in terms of their learning and development? So for me, um, respect is a very important thing and manners is very important. So I teach my kids that by being respectful towards them and, and using manners towards them. And one of the one of the things that I'm regularly compliment, complimented about with my kids is that they're, they're um, respectful, well-mannered children. So a I just think that's a really good thing for my kids to have as they grow grow through their, their lifespan. So I guess really it's practising what we preach and modelling what um, we want our kids to be. So if we're going to be smoking and drinking and we're telling our kids, oh, don't smoke and drink, then they're not going to really take those messages on board unless they're seeing us walk our talk. Yeah, totally. They're like little sponges, aren't they? They, they only learn life lessons by what they're experiencing and what they're watching that little saying monkey see monkey do I always keep that in the back of my mind when I'm you know like I'm not 100% perfect don't get me wrong there's things that I um, say and do that I'm perhaps could improve on walking my talk there and I think to myself oh you know they, they're really watching me what I'm doing and they're hearing what I'm saying they're seeing those discrepancies from time to time because we are just human and we you know we know the pitfalls ourselves as, as adults and we don't want our children to fall into those same holes but it's um, also very mindful to be to be um, demonstrating and role modelling what we say rather than, you know, being a bit of a conflicting interest. So, But, I mean, there's always room for improvement for every parent in that respect. Yeah, but it's also showing them that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to make mistakes. And mm. there's no shame in saying sorry when you do mess up. So, yeah, good work. Yeah, so that's um, that's that's my kids really are my uh, my benchmark for uh, being the best version of myself. So I don't think that there's for me that's the most important thing in my life at the moment. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. So I hadn't heard of the term ambivert until you brought it to my attention, and I always thought I was a bit of an extrovert, but lately I've become a bit more introverted. So I really resonate with this ambivert personality. Would you be able to share a bit more with us about what it's all about and how you can help nurses who may identify with the ambivert personality as well? Most definitely. Um, I was unaware that I was an ambivert and I just kind of always felt like I was struggling to fit in. Like I have times where I really would be out there and um, be quite extroverted in, in my in my way of living and then there'd be other times where I think oh I've had enough of people and I just want to be by myself and I just couldn't stay locked in my cave for very long because I felt it was a bit too confining and felt that I had to get out so there was this kind of bit of a conflict going on is who am I I'm not a full extrovert and I'm not a full introvert and then I came to learn about an ambivert which is really in the in the center of the spectrum so if you've got an introvert down one end and an extrovert down the other end right in the middle is we ambiverts and we're a combination of both so I've written a little blurb so I'll just read it out so it really um, describes what an ambivert is and I'm finding more and more people are saying to me oh that's what I am I didn't realize that that's 
the kind of personality and I didn't know that there was a name for it. So um, it's fair to say that most people are familiar with the personality term of an extrovert and an introvert, right? But not so familiar with the term ambivert. So let's just explore that a little bit deeper. If we look at um, personalities as a spectrum, the extroverts down one end and the introverts down the other. Extroverts are energised by being around people. They tend to seek people out to help them solve problems and brainstorm ideas, whereas introverts prefer to do things on their own and energised by being in their own company, whereas ambiverts enjoy being around people and also enjoy um, their own downtime. Ambiverts might seek out other people to help them brainstorm and solve problems, but may retreat back into themselves to reflect before making the final decision and then taking um, the action that's most appropriate towards the, for their choice. That's why it's really, really important to look at what are we thinking around the areas where we're out of balance. So we can start reframing those thinking, start living in the moment, know what our values are, make decisions in line with our values. Be kind to ourselves, practice ho'oponopono when, you know, things come up and, you know, give ourselves a second chance and work through the issues that perhaps we are sweeping under the carpet. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast. Nurses are the backbone of healthcare, always there to care for strangers as if they were one of their own often forsaking special moments with their own family in order to ensure another's loved one is being cared for. As nurses, self-care is essential. I am Elena Mullery, nurse educator and self-care mentor for nurses. I'm an RN with 20 years of clinical experience. I have first-hand experience of stress and burnout. It was this experience which led me to develop a passion for personal development and pursue the study of mindfulness, meditation, hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming. Each episode, I will be promoting self-care strategies to those who always care for others. I have broken self-care down into five aspects, mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgence to make it easy to ensure all your self-care needs are being met. Each episode, I will interview nurses and self-care gurus from around the world to help you with each aspect of your self-care. Welcome to the Happy Nurse Podcast with Elena Mullery. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Happy Nurse with Elena Mullery. Today, I am joined by Tracy Kelly. Tracy is a counsellor and hypnotherapist who helps sensitive nurturing ambiverts, who are a combination of extrovert and introvert personalities to gain understanding and clarity of who they are and to stand in their strength and power. She helps them to create a transformation from the inside out. Welcome, Tracy. Welcome, thank you, Elena. It's good to be on your podcast. So thanks for inviting me and um, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for jumping on. You're welcome. As you know, I am all about promoting self-care to nurses. What is an important non-negotiable in your self-care? The most important non-negotiable in my self-care is having strong boundaries and sticking to those boundaries 
that way I'm taking care of my emotional um, health, which is then impacting positively on my physical and um, mental health. So that's really a non-negotiable, sticking to my boundaries and also teaching my kids to have strong boundaries as well. So boundaries in what respect? With relationships or your values or...? Um, with with my relationships, my values, with um, with my kids, just in general, just having strong boundaries in terms of my having having strong boundaries in line with my values, and I find that's just really important and very important to my self care. Yeah, definitely. Knowing where that line is and not allowing others to cross it is definitely a huge part of your self care. Exactly. Otherwise, we can then become a doormat to other people, and nobody likes to be used and abused and walked over. So, if we have strong, strong, if we know what our values are and have strong boundaries around those values, then we can keep ourselves safe from the harm of other people that perhaps might not be so respectful towards our boundaries. Awesome. Yeah, that's very true. And mm -hmm. um, I created a model of self-care that breaks self-care down into five aspects. Mm -hmm. These are the mental, emotional, physical, spiritual and indulgent parts of ourself. What is your idea of indulgent self-care? Uh, my indulgent self-care is taking a bit of time out each day and I like to do that having a cup of coffee. So I like to just sit down with my coffee, um, look at the ocean and contemplate what I am prepared to get done in my day and focus on achieving those intentions that I've set for the day. So that's really my most um, indulgent thing is just to sit down with my coffee after the kids have got to school, have a bit of peace and quiet, set my intentions for the day around what I want to achieve and then um, just enjoy looking at the view and getting on with it. Yeah, those micro moments, I call them, when we just do take five minutes to ourselves are very important. And it can make yeah. all the difference to how your day goes as well. I think so because we can be so rushed in the mornings when we get going and if the kids are a bit out of sorts, we can find that we tend to get out of sorts with all of that as well and then just coming home and having that five minutes break, for me anyway, that's how I like it. I like to come home, just clear my head from the morning school run, get my coffee happening, sit down, um, overlook the ocean and just sort of like um, decompress from all that morning frazzle and then focus on what I need to get done in terms of work and what I need to do to keep my family on the move and you know just take that time to connect with nature so for me it's looking at the ocean and um, just enjoying my coffee and that and just that five minute space to really chill out before I get going for the rest of the day because then it's non-stop till bedtime. Yeah and the ocean is so grounding and so calming as well isn't it just I just love sitting. The ocean really is my, I feel like I'm at home when I've got the ocean around me. So it's a very, I find it very calming and and peaceful. Yeah, I recently moved. I used to live right on the ocean and I moved about six months ago. And I do miss that lying in bed at night and listening to the waves crash on the beach. It, it, there's something really soothing about it. Oh, absolutely. I just love that myself too. So, And, and every day is a different day. There's always something new to see out there, whether it be the direction of the waves or the calmness of the water. And like the other day I watched this pelican floating along with some kids walking by and, you know, this this particular bird's there regularly and it, and it will just float along as you're walking along with it. It's really amazing. So there's always something to see out there. That's what I love. It's just 
a changing view every day. Yeah, it's awesome. If you enjoy meditating or you would like to give meditation a try, why not head on over to happynurse.com.au forward slash meditation to download my free guided meditation for stress and anxiety relief. It's 12 minutes of pure self-care. I encourage nurses to be the best versions of themselves because if they're turning up as the best versions of themselves, they're offering the patients the best care possible. Who or what inspires you to be the best version of yourself? My kids, they inspire me to be the best version of myself. Um, they, They will copy what I do. So if I'm stepping up and being the best version of me, then they're going to see what is, they're going to see me walking my talk. And I think the best thing that we can be in terms of our parenting is to be the role model that we're teaching our kids. The things that we want to teach our kids, if we're not practising what we preach and we're not, they're not seeing us do what we say we're going to do, then how are we the best version of ourselves in terms of their learning and development. So for me, um, respect is a very important thing and manners is very important. So I teach my kids that by being respectful towards them and, and using manners towards them. And one of the one of the things that I'm regularly compliment, complimented about with my kids is that they're, they're um, respectful, well-mannered children. So uh, I just think that's a really good thing for my kids to have as they grow grow through their, their lifespan. So I guess really it's practising what we preach and modelling what um, we want our kids to be. So if we're going to be smoking and drinking and we're telling our kids, oh, don't smoke and drink, then they're not going to really take those messages on board unless they're seeing us walk our talk. Yeah, totally. They're like little sponges, aren't they? They, they only learn life lessons by what they're experiencing and what they're watching their caregivers do. So, yeah. That little saying, monkey see, monkey do, I always keep that in the back of my mind when I'm, you know, like I'm not 100% perfect, don't get me wrong, there's things that I um, say and do that I perhaps could improve on walking my talk there and I think to myself, oh, you know, they're, they're really watching me what I'm doing and they're hearing what I'm saying and they're seeing those discrepancies from time to time because we are just human and we, you know, we know the pitfalls ourselves as, as adults and we don't want our children to fall into those same holes but it's um, also very mindful to be, to be um, demonstrating and role modelling what we say rather than, you know, being a bit of a conflicting interest. So, But, I mean, there's always room for improvement for every parent in that respect. Yeah, but it's also showing them that it's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to make mistakes. And mm. there's no shame in saying sorry when you do mess up. So, yeah, good work. Yeah, so that's um, that's that's my kids really are my uh, my benchmark for uh, being the best version of myself. So I don't think that there's for me that's the most important thing in my life at the moment. Yeah, beautiful. So I hadn't heard of the term ambivert until you brought it to my attention, and I always thought I was a bit of an extrovert, but lately I've become a bit more introverted. So I really resonate with this ambivert personality. Would you be able to share a bit more with us about what it's all about and how you can help nurses who may identify with the ambivert personality as well? Most definitely. Um, I was unaware that I was an ambivert and I just kind of always felt like I was struggling to fit in. Like I have times where I really would be out there and um, be quite extroverted in, in my 
in my way of living. And then there'd be other times where I think, oh, I've had enough of people and I just want to be by myself. And I just couldn't stay locked in my cave for very long because I felt it was a bit too confining and felt that I had to get out. So there was this kind of bit of a conflict going on is who am I? I'm not a full extrovert and I'm not a full introvert. And then I came to learn about an ambivert, which is really in the in the centre of the spectrum. So if you've got an introvert down one end and an extrovert down the other end, right in the middle is we ambiverts and we're a combination of both. So I've written a little blurb. So I'll just read it out so it really um, describes what an ambivert is. And I'm finding more and more people are saying to me, oh, Oh, that's what I am. I didn't realise that that's the kind of personality and I didn't know that there was a name for it. So um, it's fair to say that most people are familiar with the personality term of an extrovert and an introvert, right? But not so familiar with the term ambivert. So let's just explore that a little bit deeper. If we look at um, personalities as a spectrum, the extrovert's down one end and the introvert's down the other. Extroverts are energised by being around people. They tend to seek people out to help them solve problems and brainstorm ideas, whereas introverts prefer to do things on their own and energised by being in their own company, whereas ambiverts enjoy being around people and also enjoy um, their own downtime. Ambiverts might seek out other people to help them brainstorm and solve problems, but may retreat back into themselves to reflect before making the final decision and then taking um, the action that's most appropriate towards the, for their choice. A study was conducted by the University of Pennsylvania and found two-thirds of adults have been have ambivert personalities. Like, that's so many people. Who, who would know? Two-thirds of the, of the population. Yeah, well, so I'm walking around not knowing. Not, I yeah. know. Isn't it just great when we know this is where we are? It's just so good. And to know that there's two-thirds of people walking around maybe not even realising they've got an ambivert personality. The exciting part of having an ambivert personality is ambiverts are flexible people and it means they can adapt to different situations and adjust, uh, their per adjust our personalities accordingly. Ambiverts need a balance of being connected with people and being withdrawn from people. So if ambiverts are around people for too long, uh, we become bored and we just need to get away and escape. So then we tend to retreat back into our caves and recharge. We become restless and we need to reconnect with people. We ambivert personalities are energised with, with people and also without people. And as such, we ambiverts enjoy a balance of activities and quiet downtime. We tend to not jump into trusting people that we meet straight away, but we're also not willing to, we're also not unwilling to trust people as well. So when we meet new people, we tend to be a bit cautious and think, oh, will we, will I trust this person or not? We tend to weigh it up a bit more before we jump in and and give people our trust. So we have a, we do a bit of due diligence over who we're going to give our trust to and um, who perhaps we might just refrain from and check them out for a bit longer. Moreover, it's true to say personality is the core of all of us. It, it's made up of our preferences, our tendencies, our likes, our dislikes. Our personalities begin to form in early childhood and it's pretty much um, set by the time we hit early adulthood. Over time, our preference, tendencies, likes and dislikes change as we grow, as we age. So, for example, our preferences in our early adult life, say in our 20s, are quite different to our preferences in midlife in our 40s and, and more so into our 50s. The same applies for our tendencies and our likes and dislikes. However, our personality types remain much the same. 
And as we grow and mature, we become more aware of who we are. We become more aware of what we like, what we don't like, who we've grown into as a person. We just grow into who we are and yeah. we grow into who we are over time and then we know what we like and we dislike and we become more discerning as we get older. Um, we all do arrive at a certain point of time in our lives to take stock and make decisions and grow and change accordingly. So that's the one good thing about being an ambivert. We are flexible and we change with our flexibility as we grow older and our likes and dislikes become more known to us and what we liked in our 20s is very different to what we like in our 30s and 40s. So we do change as we grow, but our personality type fundamentally stays the same. The good news is for us ambiverts, research indicates that ambiverts are better able to connect with the wider majority of people and are more able to adapt our communication style with others based on our ability of social flexibility, which is fabulous for nurses because they can connect with people across the personality spectrum, introverts, extroverts, as well as ambiverts. And it makes ambivert nurses a good addition to the team. I can imagine that there'd be quite a lot of nurses out there listening that will really resonate with this. Yeah, definitely. Therefore, having that insight of what an ambivert personality is, is hugely beneficial when we're taking stock of our lives and also when um, the nurses are, are working with other people. So for, from a management point of view, understanding whose personalities fit the character of the person, you can put good teams together, people that can deal with their introvert types, people that can deal with the extrovert types and then us in the middle that can deal with everybody and you can have a good um, selection of staff to really give great care to the patients with, the, with bearing in mind the personality types. So the upside of being an ambivert is that we are more flexible in social and professional relationships. Therefore, understanding where the ambivert personality sits on the spectrum is going to help us gain insight into our personality type to develop and increase our own self-awareness, our emotional intelligence and our confidence. So I help sensitive, nurturing ambiverts step into their power and strength by understanding their personality type and removing any, um, any blocks that have come along the way to really be fully aware of who we are as a personality type and become the best version of our personality type. Beautiful. So how would you encourage someone to get to know the ambivert personality type better if they are resonating with this? Well, I've got a course um, that I run. It's a 16-week program where we look at all the different parts of our personality and do a stock take on those areas. So we give it a rating and then we can have a look and see what areas are out of balance and how that fits in with our personality. So um, that's where we start with a complete audit of, of our life. And through looking at where we're out of balance, we can then structure how to get back into balance. And understanding where our personality is, is a fundamental part of looking at where we can bring those areas of life out of balance, back into balance by understanding our personality. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Because if you, the more you know about yourself and understand yourself, the better your relationships are going to be. With Absolutely. not only yourself, but with everyone else. Absolutely. And the, and the best relationship starts with ourselves first, because once we understand who we are, how we think, and how understand how our thinking is affecting our behaviour, as well as our um, immune 
cell, as well as us on a cellular level, then we can bring ourselves back into balance and be the best version of ourselves. And especially for nurses, when they're going to work caring for people, you want to be um, able to empathise with people not being caught up in your own stuff. So I help people remove their stuff by understanding who they are and, and how their thinking is impacting on, on their personalities. Yeah, so what um, techniques do you use to help bring this out in people? So when we find out what areas of life are out of balance, we can then start to bring those back into balance by looking at starting with thinking. So if our thoughts are, are unhelpful, then that's going to impact our body on a cellular level. And then if we're feeling tired, sick and run down, that's going to impact on our level, like for nurses particularly, to care for their patients. So when we finish doing the audit and look at what areas are out of thinking, what is the thinking behind these areas that are out of balance? From there, I use a number of different techniques to bring people back into balance by using um, CBT, which is cognitive behaviour therapy, acceptance commitment therapy. So that is about accepting situations that perhaps we have no control of. And let's take COVID as a, a perfect example of that. We've got no control over COVID. We've got no control over how long the virus is going to last, how it's going to affect us. And I would imagine for nurses, that'd be a really stressful situation going into the workplace, having to deal with sick people, um, not knowing whether they're a carrier of the virus or not. So all that stuff's out of our control, but what we do have control over is what our values are. And we can make decisions in line with those values and then look at our thinking around those values and reframe any thinking that is out of, um, out of balance. Then I like to bring in the spiritual aspect by using um, an ancient Hawaiian practice called Ho'oponopono. So that helps um, release things out into the universe for what have been to words to, to then have some inner peace over things that we no longer have control over um, and also teach mindfulness. If we become mindful of, of what's going on and realise that we are not our thoughts and we are not our emotions, then we can let a lot of that go and stay present in the moment, not be hooked into the past or living too far into the future. So I like to use all those components to help people stay present to deal with whatever it is they need to deal with. Um, so that's the first aspect. Then we look at um, getting to know what our triggers are. If we know what triggers us, we can then use those triggers to, to eliminate self-sabotage. So it's getting to know what our triggers are, what are our thoughts around the triggers when they come up. So are we going to connect into them or disconnect from them? So what are those feelings that come up? Because when we start to get emotionally caught up in the triggers, that's when we can be throwing completely off whack and keep self-sabotaging. So it's becoming aware of what are those feelings and then the behaviours that we can launch into when we are connected to feelings that we're triggered to. And then what is the feedback from the environment? So if we're getting negatively, if we're being triggered, like for example, um, a nurse might be caring for a patient that might remind them of their parent that, you know, they've got some stuff still connected to, then that's going to invoke some thoughts and they can be really rapid and maybe that fast from a deep subconscious level that will elicit a feeling and then we're caught up in the feeling and all of a sudden we might be treating that person not as well as what we could because we're hooked up into a memory from the past 
And the feedback could be from the patient is like, you're being rude to me or you're not treating me as well as what you are. So the feedback from the environment is always a really good indicator to show where our thoughts are stemming from and self-awareness is the key to turning it all around. So we, I dive deeper into that, into the, into the program. So when we become aware of our triggers and our emotional response to that, that's when we can start to turn around the self-sabotaging and, and take it to a new place where we can begin to not get hooked into the self-sabotaging behaviours and become more aware of what our emotional responses are because if we get hooked up into the, the negative side of the triggers, we're going to be releasing cortisol and adrenaline and noradrenaline into our body and that will destroy our immune system. So we're not going to realise that's happening until we're presented with a health issue and the whole point is to, to do preventative care so we don't end up literally sick from our thinking. And part of what I do is to help people understand that their thinking is directly impacting them on a cellular level. So we go through all these steps to begin to rebalance and reshape and um, to reconnect with the right thinking. It's a bit, so it's all epigenetics based. Yes, definitely. Yes. Yeah. So how can we take control? We can really only take control by, the only control we have is over what we think. So if we know what we're thinking, then we can change that and we can do that through CBT. If we're present in the moment, we are then able to recognise, oh, that's my trigger, and we can stay present by being mindful of when some some trigger is elicited within us and we've got a strong emotional response. We will know if that emotional response is bringing out something that's negatively triggering us, then we know that there is going to be a backlash somewhere along the line. If we become aware of, oh, that's a trigger, I've got a strong emotional response, and we stay present in the moment, we can then say, okay, this thought is unhelpful. I'll change it to something else because I'm present in the moment. Um, my values say that I don't really want to be mean and nasty to that person who's triggering the emotion in us. And we can then respond in a more positive, healthier, healthier way. And that self-awareness brings about change. Before you know it, you're responding from a completely different place because that negative trigger will have been, would have been cleaned up. Yeah, it's no longer got the power to take exactly. over. So that is the whole thing. We, we are taking the power out of the... We're taking the emotion out of the memory because the memory is... Really, that's what we learn in the whole opponent side of things is the memory becomes your enemy. So if you know, if, you can, if the memory comes up, you can say, right, I know where that... If you're looking at a patient and that patient evokes a memory of something from your childhood that is undealt with, then you're going to have that strong emotional response. We want to take the charge out of the emotional response so the healing can begin and we are a better version of ourselves. And we do that by understanding by understanding what our triggers are and by engaging in the different modalities that I bring to the course. Yeah, so the whole Pono Pono, that's all about forgiveness. I, I know a bit about it too, but and I do practice self-forgiveness. I say it's a huge part of my self-care. 
is being able to forgive myself when I do realize that I've messed up and made a mistake. So, yeah, it's a beautiful process, the whole Ho'oponopono. That's the one thing I love about Ho'oponopono is it, it keeps us okay with ourselves because we're not perfect and we're never going to be perfect. And the person that we need to forgive the most really is ourselves to start with. And that forgiveness really does set us free. And it's a, just a beautiful process to be able to do that. And I teach it with my kids and they sort of like, they get the concept, but they sort of think, well, if I forgive that person, I'm letting them off the hook, but really you're letting yourself off the hook. And that's what I love about the whole Pono is it does take the charge out of the emotion because we forgive ourselves first and foremost because we didn't know any different at the time. So now we do know different, we can do different and, you know, there, there's our freedom straight away. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful process. Mm. So I like to teach that part because that spirit that keeps us spiritually connected to ourselves because we're not all we're not you know constantly beating ourselves up we become present with who we truly are and that is a a loving a loving soul and it moves us away from that shame and guilt that we do tend to put onto ourselves a lot exactly and that's the next part that we move forward to is about self-aware and practicing self-care and that's by staying present in the moment and if we've got healthy thinking if our mental health is healthy we're in control of our thinking and we've got positive mental health so that that brings us emotional stability so then we feel emotionally stable we feel physically better and then we're more energetically aligned with who we are and we're all the work in progress so Along the way, we, we assess where we're moving to and from and we're all a work in progress and these things don't happen overnight. So we become, we assess where we are, we have a look at what our coping mechanisms and levels of self-care are, we decide if we're happy or if we're not happy and if we are happy, then we just continue doing what we're doing and if we're not happy, then we take time to make a decision and then take action, set goals about what we would like to achieve, what we would like to clear up. So that's where, we, where the auditing comes into play is we know where we're out of balance, which area do we want to work on first. So we take the time to make the decision about choosing an area to work on first and then set goals, learn new skills and techniques and become a work in progress until we've resolved that area and brought it back into balance. And we can continue to work through those areas that are out of balance until we become completely in balance. And I also, our thinking really does play a huge part on our, on our physical health. So in, I like to have a holistic approach to, to working with people and I've come across this just amazing um, product where we can do a test. It's a dry blood test and that will show us on a cellular level how in or out of balance we are. So usually our thinking is in direct relation to how out of balance we are on a cellular level. And from personal experience, I, um, without going into a big long story, was caught up in a really bad situation and I just had chronic stress for quite a long time and all my thinking of feeling trapped in this particular situation impacted on my body so much so that I ended up with rheumatoid arthritis. And um, having a chronic illness really 
can be quite debilitating. And I did a lot of research over this, and that's why I'm so passionate about helping people get control of their thinking and there is always a way out of a situation. So it doesn't have to impact you to the point that you end up with a, with a chronic health condition. So in my case, I ended up with um, rheumatoid arthritis and through coming to understand pharmaconutrition, I was able to reverse the rheumatoid arthritis and thankfully came across um, a particular product that did that. But now I've come across something even better where there's evidence-based um, proof that pharmaconutrition can bring our bodies back into balance. So this test shows that. It shows exactly how out of balance your body is. And then by um, getting our body back into balance, we heal on the inside. So while we're healing our body on the inside with, a, with um, healing the omega dysfunctional balance within us we're also healing ourselves on a mental and emotional level as well as a physical level so by the time the 16-week program is complete you will find that your thinking is better emotional balance is better and your cellular level health is back in balance so when we come into balance we we're really in better shape all around to go to work and be the best nurse we can be and then come home and be the best mother we can be, wife we can be and, you know, overall our whole, whole life improves. But it all starts with thinking. So if we've got faulty thinking and we're thinking in black and white or we're mind reading, overgeneralising, blaming people, personalising stuff, labelling, filtering, predicting catastrophe, jumping to conclusions and comparing, that faulty thinking is just going to release the wrong chemicals into our body and being nurses i'm sure you all understand the adverse effect um cortisol and stress can have and i, and I would have to say nursing probably would be very stressful in the environment we're in now more so than just regularly looking after complaining patients yeah it has had a whole heap of extra um, challenges been brought in due to covid and mm. we're quite lucky in australia that we're not facing what's going on in America and Europe at the moment. So, yeah, I'm in awe of my nursing colleagues all over the world right now for the, the vulnerability and the courage that they're all showing in the face of this pandemic that we're currently facing. So, yeah, stress levels have probably been raised or elevated rather a lot in the past few months among the profession. I could not imagine the decisions that nurses would have to make every day to a choose their profession as the forefront like everybody's got their purpose and, and nursing is a purpose to keep your purpose at the forefront and go to work especially in countries like america and the uk where covid is quite rampant knowing that you could come in contact with the virus and then bring it home to your family, I would imagine would be a really huge decision to make on a daily basis and quite a stressful thing to be sort of like lurking in the back of your mind. And that's another reason why it's really important to be healthy with your thinking and your emotions and your cellular level so you can, you know, keep all that stuff in balance when you are making that decision to go to work and help people that are that are recovering from the virus or even, you know, you're getting exposed to it. So 
you know, I'm really in awe of nurses looking after all of us because if we get sick, we want to be looked after and we want to be looked after by kind, compassionate nurses rather than nurses like I've had nurses that have stuck needles into me and it has not been a pleasant experience or they're, you know, taking out their wrath of the day on me. Like, you know, nobody wants to be that patient on the end of that nurse. So um, what I've got to offer can really help people if they have got stuff going on in their life to get it cleaned up, to remove it, to stay on purpose, and that is to be the best nurse possible. Beautiful. And, and our thinking really is where it all starts. And if we're not in a good place, it's like, well, I should be at home with my family, not here looking after you, then, you know, that should put blame and guilt on the person that is on the other end of shooting. And, you know, that if, if I could remove one word from the English language, it would be should, because should is just the umbrella for shame and guilt. So the minute somebody says, you should be doing this, I think, well, why, why, why do I need to feel guilty because I'm not doing that? Why do I need to feel shame because you're telling me I should? It just is a word that is so negative and so destructive on so many levels. It's, um, and it's, it's probably a word that we use towards ourselves the most as well because I know I do it at times. I'll sit down and just relax and I think, oh, I should be doing the laundry or I should be doing that. And it's mm. taken quite a process to get to the point where I'm like, no, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to relax. It'll all be there when I'm finished and that's I'll be in a better frame of mind to actually go and tackle the task. That's why I keep my coffee time as my non-negotiable time. Like I could be doing many other things, but I take that time just to recharge my batteries. And the minute I hear myself say should, I automatically change it to could. So... I would um, suggest for all the shoulding people out there, and we're all guilty of it, is to the minute you're hearing should come into your mind or out of your mouth, it's like change that to could because that gives you the option then. It takes the shame away. It takes the guilt away. And it gives you, it gives you the, the opportunity to look at all possibilities. When yeah, you, it puts you, you back in control, doesn't it? Exactly. And that's the only thing we have control over is our thinking. And we don't want to feel guilty because we could be um, doing something else instead of taking that time for ourselves. So should is the number one irrational belief that causes us more harmful thoughts and damages than anything else. And then awfulizing things like, oh, that is so awful. Well, COVID is awful, yes, but do we need to be caught up in the drama of it? Do we? Really? Um, it's a virus and like all pandemic viruses, it'll come to pass. So I don't think we need to really get too caught up in all that and exaggerating the negative consequences. So I'm just going to use COVID as an example because that is quite a, you know, it's something that doesn't come around all the time. It's very like, relevant and very um, real exactly. too. So. We could get caught into so many irrational beliefs around it, like the exaggerating the negative consequences, like it could be, oh, the COVID's never going to go away and we're going to be stuck with this forever and this virus is going to go on and on and on. Well, the Spanish flu didn't go on and on and on. And that's, you know, we don't need to exaggerate the negative consequences of COVID because we don't know how long it's going to last. So we just got to roll with it and keep moving along and progress. The consequences of shooting, awfulizing and exaggerated negative negativity um, creates so many other problems like anxiety, depression, rumination, frustration, all those things then create anger, resentment, 
and then we put ourselves down because of it. We can't make decisions. We start second-guessing ourselves. And then we feel helpless, hopeless. We procrastinate. We feel despair. And then our relationships suffer. We have poor relationships with others in our workplace, at home. Our self-esteem is affected and we end up with many, many unresolved problems. And that's why it's really, really important to look at what are we thinking around the areas where we're out of balance. So we can start reframing those thinking, start living in the moment, know what our values are, make decisions in line with our values. Be kind to ourselves, practice ho'oponopono when, you know, things come up and, and, you know, give ourselves a second chance and work through the issues that perhaps we are sweeping under the carpet. Yeah, beautiful. And we all start by, you know, and, and being in the present moment and becoming mindful and making decisions from our values and having gratitude, spending a little bit of time meditating and journaling what comes up, that can help us release things that we don't really need to hang on to anymore. And it's all energy. We can't destroy it. And it can only be changed from one form to another. So we can take that energy that is not working for us, that negative energy, and reframe it and remodel it and work with it and turn it into something else, something more positive and more beautiful. And and we can then really step into our purpose. So any any nurses that feel they are struggling with their thinking or parts of their life that might feel out of balance, then I would encourage them to connect with me and have a look at this program that I've got on offer and um, I'm happy to be of service wherever I can because my whole, my purpose now is to help people heal the unresolved issues. And I work with ambivert people because ambiverts are people that I connect with because they're just like me in terms of personality. So I can connect with introvert people, I can connect with extrovert people, but the people I connect and resonate the most with are the ambivert people. Awesome. And I just love this ambivert personality type that I wasn't aware of before. So if they do want to connect with you, where can they find you, Tracy? They can find me. Um, I can drop a link in to the podcast. Yeah, there will be a link in the show notes below. So, so you'll find me in there. Um, you can find me on Facebook under my business page is Mastermind Waves. Thank you for listening to the Happy Nurse Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's content and would like to join the Happy Nurse community, head over to Facebook and check out the Happy Nurse AU Facebook page and request to join the Happy Nurse community. Also, check out happynurse.com.au for access to free downloads and subscription to my blog. See you soon. And in the meantime, remember to always offer yourself the same compassion that you so freely give to others.